Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. It's June 1st, 2021, and we're up to episode 106. I'm Gavin Pickin, software consultant for Order Solutions, and I'm joined by another software consultant for Order Solutions, Eric Peterson. Welcome. Hey, Gavin. Good to be back. It's been almost a month. Yep. Busy, busy. But uh, don't worry. You'll make up for it. I know you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We always got some more news to share. So, but uh, first, we want to thank our sponsors. Yep. Yes, thank you so much to Ordis Solutions, the sponsor of this podcast. Your favorite makers of Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, and all the other boxing. Uh, you, you can give back in a few ways. Please like and subscribe to these videos on YouTube. You can sign up for a free or paid account on CFCast, which releases new. Cold Fusion training content each week. And you can buy Ordis's book 102 Cold Box Quick Tips and Tricks over on Gumroad. Yeah. So there's and a few ways you can say thanks. Can, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to throw in a joke that you can also pester Brad the right 103 command box tips and tricks. Yep. So. He has that on his schedule. I just don't know when he's going to get it done, but he wants to outdo Luis, so he's going to go for 103. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so those are just a few ways you can say thanks back to Order Solutions for uh, you know making this podcast possible. But the other people who make this podcast possible is all our awesome Patreon supporters. So right now we have 36 Patreons, giving us about 84% of the funding for this podcast. So that's, uh, that's great. If you go to patreon.com slash Solutions. You can find about all the different packages we have uh, and find one that suits you. And then we have a few perks as well, um, including some uh, subscriptions to things like CFCast and Forgebox Pro, which we'll tell you about at the end of the show when we thank each and every one of our Patreon supporters. So thank you, everybody. Okay, well, that being said, let's get into the news. So the first things first, Lucy 5.3.8, release candidate four. Final release candidate. Brad will be like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> but <they're, laughs> it's been uh, it's been coming for a while. But it looks like they're uh, they're finally down to the final release candidate for five point three point eight. The so. final release candidate th- uh, four. <laughs> yeah, final. There release. might be a release candidate five, but there will be no more release candidate fours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, they have we have a link which we'll share in the show notes and in the chat, and that allows you to sort of see some of the different tickets that they've got going on there. And then um, there is a note about the the MS SQL. Um, there's improvements since uh, RC3. Mainly, um, there is a problem with the SQL extensions. We mentioned that previously that there were some issues with the SQL extensions not working. So they should they said it should be fixed tomorrow, and it was posted today. So hopefully tomorrow is tomorrow. Um, so, so if you're listening on the podcast, it might already be fixed, but yeah, so it's good to see that's coming. Uh, I know that Brad's been using five, three, eight for a long time. Um, you know, on, on the, on the edge and it's been working great. So hopefully we can get this out the door and, uh, we can upgrade a few more of our clients to that. Yeah. Okay. So next up, Adobe's leaking some information on Twitter by the look of it. So I don't know if you saw this Right, or not. right. So this is about their uh, dev week coming up, June 22nd through 24th. And if you went to their website, you wouldn't really see anything new. But on their Twitter account, the at Cold Fusion, you can see some of the speakers and their sessions being tweeted out. So I guess that's the place to go get your news for Adobe Dev Week right now. Yep, so we have uh, Pete Freitag doing Securing Cold Fusion Applications on June 23rd at 3 p.m. Eastern. We see David Byers is doing Cold Fusion Modernization Challenges, Improving Legacy Code While Retaining Your Sanity, June 24th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, and they have a couple other ones as well. And they also have a couple of um, like questions too, like what was your first project you built using Cold Fusion? And they have a couple of other things like that. So uh, I guess they're giving away some prizes for people if you're 
um, you know, answer and maybe go into a drawer. Not too sure on all of that, but uh, there's, you know, basically if you want to know more about Dev Week, looks like the best place to get it is uh, Twitter right now until they update the site there. So, uh, so yeah, but you see Ben Adel and Mike Brunt are on there too. So quite a few names. I, I yeah, so the sessions, uh, hopefully we'll see them soon, but yeah, go check those out. So I don't know if this has been there forever and I just missed it, but the Cold Fusion Twitter account's bio is making me chuckle right now. Um, building the Agile Web since 1995, best undead language ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure when they uh, put that in there, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> I like it. Yep. I know. It was actually when I was going through uh, the Twitter looking for news and blog posts like we do every week, found a couple of people like complaining about, you know, who's the loser still uses Cold Fusion, et cetera. I'm like, wow, Brad hasn't got on there and abused him before yet. <laughs> it's early in the day. <laughs> but usually we try and uh, watch out for those and say, hey, there's a whole bunch of people using it. Yeah, not many losers, <laughs> you know, or something. But yeah. Right. Anyways. Okay, well, we have an online Cold Fusion meetup coming up here. Uh, to, no, two days from now, June 3rd, at 12 p.m. Eastern. It is getting started with Fusion Reactor with Mr. Bradwood. Speak of Brad. Mm -hmm. So if you are new to Fusion Reactor, you've heard of it. Maybe you even have a license, but you, you know, know how to do one thing in it and you'd like to know more. This is a great session for you. I, myself bug brad when i need to figure out how to figure something out in fusion reactor so come learn from him for free at this meetup <laughs> yep it should be a good session uh as charlie mentioned last week when, when they announced it there are several videos on um on the fusion reactor site and everything else but i mean brad will definitely dive into some specifics and maybe even some cold boxy, boxy stuff with non-cold box stuff too i'm sure it definitely applies to everybody so uh, it'd be a good session. And yeah, I always need a little refresher too. So I'm going to, if I can't watch it live, I'll definitely watch the recording. So next up, it looks like you have a Audis webinar since I'm going to be out of town. So you've uh, covered me there. So thank you for that. So what are you going to be covering? Uh, that's going to be this month, end of the month. We're going to be building a blog in 30 minutes with quick. And so that makes me wonder, what are you going to do for the so other 30 minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll let you go early. Yeah. No, uh, that, that's just giving me time to sit there and talk to you as well and do some teaching, not just hands on keyboard the whole time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is going to be kind of a rapid fire overview of what you can see in the quick workshop that will be going on CFCast soon, or if you ever come and uh, attend the workshop in person. Um, we go through building the blog with much more features, and uh, we don't do it in 30 minutes. We take time to, to do it right and explore all the features. But this will give you a good overview of Quick, of its features, what you can do with it, and why you might want to uh, look into it. Very cool. And then that registration page is not up yet, but it will be soon. So if you keep an eye out on the Audis webinar page, uh, it should be updated uh, hopefully here in the next day or two with dates and times for you. So just wanted to give you an early heads up. That's what's coming this month. Okay. Next up, uh, we have an, in case you missed it, TSBox 4.3 was released last week. Um, it's got some pretty cool little features in there. So we're, we're hoping you get that and try it out and go from there. The cool thing I think about it is how we've integrated your code editor sort of pieces into the reports now. So you can actually click on uh, links in the test reports and basically bring up your uh, you know, VS code or whatever editor you're using, hopefully, uh, to basically dive straight into where that test failed, so. Yeah, we had that uh, introduced first over in Coldbox in our whoops exception handler. So if you um, haven't used that or didn't know about but you can click on any of the stack traces and they'll jump you into your editor and you can configure that in settings. I think VS code is our default because that's most of what we see out there, but um, all the modern editors have like a URL scheme that you put in and, and point people there. So cool. you can put in whichever editor you're using. Very cool. I like that. Okay, we also have a reminder about the state of the CF Union survey. Uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks back, but uh, it is out there. Um, 
We have a few hundred responses already, but we need your help to, uh, one, fill it in, and two, get the word out about uh, other developers can go fill out the survey too. So um, survey has lots of, lots of cool information uh, available afterwards. So once you've filled it out, the results are really where the, the, the good stuff comes in. But a lot of questions about, you know, are you using certain frameworks, which engine are you using, stuff like that. Um, but also goes into a little more detail on, um, you know, testing frameworks and other things. But it takes just a few minutes to fill it out, right, Eric? That's right. Take you maybe five, ten minutes, and it's very helpful for us in planning what we're going to do with our tools and uh, the trainings we're going to do. So, yep, for sure. And like I said, on the first page for those watching, you know, it's asking what CFML engine do you use? Uh, are you running which version? And what are you running it on? Windows, Linux, or Mac? You know, and as you go through the through it here, you've got a few pages, but um, nothing too special, nothing too tricky. But yeah, just really important feedback. I know that we look at that when we're upgrading our major versions of things like Coldbox. We don't want to leave everyone behind if everyone's still using a certain version, etc. So that's very important for us, and I'm sure other people that are developing tools and and things in the and just for uh, some leverage as well to, to you know talk to your boss about something if you want to you want to get a little more help or you know you want to switch engines or, or whatever else you can put some numbers to back it up you know like why would we want to switch to lucy no one's using that and you can look on the stats and see that there's more people using lucy than any of the adobe engines according to the survey that is so but yeah surveys only as good as the people filling it out so uh, again spread the word uh and we can you know get that get that link out there and hopefully we can get a few more people filling it in here soon so, okay, so let me share that real quick. And next up, we're going to talk about CFCast. So you want to give us a breakdown on what's new in CFCast this week? Sure thing. So we had two different series that uh, had some updates. Uh, the first one was launched. We have our first video in our Using Docbox series from Michael Bourne. And that first video is free, so you can go check that out right now. And we are continuing to release videos in Nolan's object-oriented programming series. This is a awesome series for beginner, intermediate, and advanced developers to go over all of the tenets of object-oriented programming and showing that in Cold Fusion. Uh, additionally, if you go view the series on CFCasts, not only will you see the videos that have been released, including the first four being free, but you can see when all the other videos are going to drop in the series. So we have 35 videos here and they're gonna be releasing all throughout the month of June, keeping you learning. And uh, it's just really awesome. We're glad that we got this from Nolan and that we can share it with you on CFCasts. Yep, very cool. So I shared my screen for those watching, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely good content there. Um, yeah, I'm really interested to see what uh, Michael Bourne is showing us using Docbox. I know he's done some work on that lately and put an upgrade into it. So there's some new features there. So it'll be uh, good to see that as he releases it. And we also have um, some more series coming up soon. So we have uh, uh, What's New in Coldbox 6. So we had a couple of videos for that. We're going to get some more out soon. We have What's New in QB8, which you've just uh, been working on those, right? That's right. We just had a release this last week, so we got to get that updated. Yep. And then up and running with Quick, and then uh, Logbox 101. All right. So the up and running with Quick was the workshop that we did back in uh, March, which I believe is being released during this month. I'll have to get back to you on that. Um, Logbox 101 is definitely uh, starting to be released the middle of June, so... Yep. Everything's recorded on that. We're just finishing up the editing. So yeah, a lot of a lot of work goes into that. I'm excited that. for that one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I I think and I hope the logbox one answers all the questions that you have and that I have every time I try to set up logging. Um. So I'm. It's going to be a reference for me for sure. Yep. I mean, I know logbox is usually works out of the box simply, but there's so many cool things you can do with it, but it gets a little more tricky. And like you say, it's uh, good to get this logbox stuff, you know, in a video yeah. format. But before doing this, this course, I, my logbox 
uh, knowledge and working was use what Coldbox gave me and look at the server log. <laughs> and if I needed more info, make the root logger debug because I couldn't figure out anything else. <laughs> and so it was either get a fire hose of information or just a little bit. And uh, <laughs> now I know how to configure it nicely and send the logs to the right places and I'm ready to go. So you will be too, starting in June, middle of June. Very cool. Okay. So that wraps up our CFCast update. So next up, we have conferences and trainings. So as we mentioned, the, the big Cold Fusion one coming up soon is the Adobe Cold Fusion Developers Week. So that's going to be June 22nd to 24th. And the session information is leaking on Twitter as we speak. Uh, hopefully they'll have the site updated soon. Uh, it is a free three-day conference or developer week. It's not really a full conference. Um, but they have sessions, you know, several sessions a day over those three days. Uh, we'll have more information soon. They do have a list of sponsors, uh, sorry, not sponsors, speakers up on their site. And I'll share my screen for those who are watching as well. But uh, I know that they're they're making updates here soon. Uh, I am on the list, but I will not be speaking. So they'll be removing me shortly. But there are quite a few good speakers listed there. So I don't see Mike Brunt on this list. So maybe he's taking over my session because I did see him leaked on Twitter there. So... But yeah, um, it's real easy to sign up, just a little quick form, and then uh, they'll have, you know, obviously these presentations. They're also going to do some panel discussions as well. Uh, I'm kind of curious what software they use for this, so I guess we'll we'll see how it goes. But that is uh, Adobe's Developer Week, 22nd, 24th of June. So uh, they do say they've got prizes and vouchers that they can win as well. A couple conferences, in case you missed it, that happened this last week. Um, there was the Microsoft Build, which we find that we are using more and more Microsoft products, including myself being a non-Windows user. I still am using VS Code and GitHub and all sorts of things like that they make now. So you might find something that uh, applies to you in there. SQL Server is a huge one. Um, and also DockerCon was last week. And you can get the videos for both of those events on their websites. We'll stick them in the show notes and here in the chat. Yep. Yep, they're definitely pretty good. Um, just mentioning GitHub, I actually saw something. I didn't put it in the news today. But I guess um, Git, uh, Travis CI, which we use through GitHub, and we're going to be switching to GitHub Actions or whatever. But Travis CI is changing their policies on open source projects and their price category so apparently if you have someone who is paid on uh working on your open source project they're basically they're paid to work on that project then you no longer qualify for the open source free plans so if you're a travis ci uh user which i know a lot of people are that might be another reason to switch over to github actions uh, sooner than later to avoid some of the fees unless you're willing to pay for those so but yeah um I'll have to add that to the show notes for, for other people to, to check out later as well. But I just you mentioned GitHub, and that made me think, oh, yeah, we should move to Actions. <laughs> so Now, uh, was that covered in the State of the CF Union survey, um, CI pipelines and all that? Yeah, I think they go through all those different tools and, yeah. and everything, yeah. I am very curious to see what uh, <laughs> Travis's recent actions and to an extent, GitHub's actions have done to change that landscape. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting for sure. So, um, and like after this too, like I wonder how many people are going to be bailing on Travis um, with this. But, right. but yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen some interesting takes on it, which is which is that which is basically like nobody's <laughs> very few people are making a living with open source usually it's a very small like basically a side project even for a business that's supporting it yep. and so to to make that a now like if you get donations from somebody to your open source project you now have to pay travis it's just yeah it doesn't seem quite right but yeah i mean i think travis has had their lunch eaten by microsoft and github and they're just trying to get anything so that, yeah. that also is sad. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. 
for sure. But we'll link to the the tweet that we saw about that and uh and so you guys can check that out. But we have another conference coming up next week. We have the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference, and that's going to be with a subtitle Glow and Behold, which is interesting. But uh, June 7th through 11th, so um, I know that they have uh, a lot of different sessions, and they also have some workshops, I believe. Um, so yeah, so there's a pretty good, nice, again, for no cost, which is pretty nice for an Apple thing, and, and now we can all follow all the sessions along instead of just their keynotes, so... But yeah, so that's um, developer.apple.com slash WWDC21. So if you want to get more information on that. And then next up, we have the Autos conferences later in this year. So right now we have a, a survey out for Into the Box to see if you'll be willing to go in person if we have it this September. Um, so we're going to share the link to that. But right now we haven't made our final decision. I'm not sure when we're going to make that about in person or not. But um, we did some number crunching, and looking at the stats, for those who've actually been to one before, um, the response is really positive that they'll be willing to come back for, for a lot of people. For those people who've never been to one before, you know, it's a little bit less positive, but they've never been to one, so maybe they never will come to one. So. <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're hoping if, you, if you're interested, uh, fill out that survey so we can see. We're also very aware that there are um, travel restrictions either at businesses or especially internationally. Um, yeah. Whether or not it is online or in person, there will be a way to get all of the content. You know, if we do it online, obviously you can buy a ticket right then. And if we do it in person, we record these and we put them up on CFCast later. So there will definitely be a way for you to get the content um, regardless of the decision that is made. Yeah. Yeah. We just want to offer that, uh, in person if there are enough to, to warrant it because everyone's gone a little stir crazy, all the, the whole virtual conference out and they want to in person. And I know that a lot of oldest people, you know, want to connect with the community again as well. So, um, we're looking at that and a lot of us, like all the oldest people already had our flights booked for last year. So we have flight credits that we have to use at some point. So, uh, hopefully we can use them for that. So anyways, so we got the survey out, um, but that's going to happen in September, 2021, one way or the other. And uh, as soon as we make the decision on online or in person, we'll have the call for speakers coming out. So, and then into the box Latam, um, that's going to be December, 2021. And they're looking at that being in person as well. Um, things are going well in El Salvador as far as COVID. And so they might, uh, might be able to do that in person as well. So, uh, we, we shall hear pretty soon on that. So, yep, a lot of conferences coming this way. Um, and then again, like I say, we're, we're hoping we can see you guys either virtually or in person at one of the Into the Boxes this year. Okay, well, that wraps up our conferences for today. Let's jump into the blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. Happy regular expression day <laughs> yep uh ben adele's been celebrating this for 14 years of the 20 years or something that it's been going on um and he has a usually has tries to do something kind of fun with it but with the pandemic and his uh work schedule he has nothing fancy this year but for those watching i'll share my screen at the bottom of his post he links to some of his older posts so if you scroll down you'll see some previous ones um, and I added in a little link here. So some of the tools, uh, regexer is one that I use. Um, it makes life so much easier because I can't figure out regex without a tool to help me, but, uh, you can put in your expression <laughs> and each of the things is spelled out and explained and highlighted and then things show up here and it explains the different, it's really good. So if you're, if you're not really, uh, up to speed with your rejection expert, then, uh, this is definitely a great tool. And the cool thing is it tells you like different types too. So you can use different engines. Um, there's a whole bunch of different settings too, but you know, generally, uh, really helpful. So that's a, that's a different. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Ben make up this holiday? <laughs> like, I, I, I think know. if you go back to his first blog post in 2008, <laughs> Um, he says, I am announcing the first ever National Regular Expression Day on Sunday, June 1st, 2008. 
Oh, really? So I believe, and Ben, you got to let us know. I believe this is <laughs> a, a Ben the Doll original. So. Oh, I guess I can go further back and find it. But uh, the reason I wanted to go back a year was that uh, Matthew Clemente also shared a, a cool little comic here. So, regular expressions. So, if you go to Ben's blog, you can find out. But, uh, yeah, basically, it's bad news. Bad news. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, so yep, a little bit of uh, fun for the day. You can't miss regular expression day, <laughs> even if it is only in Ben's head. <laughs> but, uh, all of our hearts. Yeah, for sure. Okay, next up, we have another one from Ben Adele. And so uh, he actually has a couple in here talking about um, password hashing algorithms. So um, the most recent one, I always get confused when Ben has a series and we talk about them all in the same episode, but we'll, we'll do our best to do them at most recent first. So, uh, and then another blog post, he talks more about using, uh, you know, different password hashing algorithms, but in this one, he talks about migrating password ha hashing algorithms and how he does it and how it's recommended. So this was kind of neat. Um, a lot of people add an extra field to their database for this and they'll have like the old password and the new password and, which I thought was kind of interesting is in his one, what they recommend is, you know, supporting the happy path first. And so basically if you're using bcrypt in this example, you'll basically try and authenticate using the bcrypt hash. If that doesn't work, then you try your old one. And then if that doesn't work, then they're not authenticated. Uh, and so that was sort of the, the process he was looking at, which I thought, thought was pretty cool. And then the other uh, option that um, the, what was it? The, Sorry, I scroll down. I always forget it. The OWASP recommendation. OWASP. Yeah, they had like a little recommendation, which I thought was pretty cool, which includes a cheat sheet, which I thought was really nice too. Um, basically is, you know, expire and, uh, and expunge the old passwords if they haven't logged in for a long time or to wrap the older password inside the newer password. And so even if they're only using the MD5 hash of the password, you can bcrypt that. And then basically you can you know, check and see, uh, you know, that way basically in your database, everything's bcrypted. Even if you don't know the original password, you use their hash password. And so you can do the bcrypt. And if it doesn't match the password, then you can hash it and then bcrypt it and see if that works. And that way you're and still. I guess when they finally come to log into your system and it's successful, you can just bcrypt their normal password at that point. Right. Exactly. Yep. So it, it lets you upgrade your database security or your password security, even when users are having old accounts they haven't used. Yeah, I thought that was that's pretty cool. neat. Because, yeah, that's the thing is obviously because you're, you're not storing plain text passwords. You don't have their password. The only time you can update their password is when they log in. So, so yeah. yeah. So it was... and, and <laughs> let's, let's hammer that point home. Yep. You should not be able to get your users' passwords. If you do, if you are able to, you're then doing it wrong. you need to change um, how you're doing that because a breach would let somebody else have access to those passwords. Yep, because they should always be one-way hashes, and they should yes. be hashed. Yep. I'm always, I always shudder when I like type in the password, and they're like, "Oh, that was like you use that password twice, two times ago," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> I, I hope you're just comparing hashes or something. I don't know. That scares yeah. me." <laughs> no. I, I agree. When they have limits, like you kind of have more than eight characters in light where you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, nope, I definitely agree with that one. But yeah, so I really like that as a, a different migration process because I know we've all had something like that timed it out, but I've never thought about wrapping it inside of an, the next algorithm. So that's kind of neat. And there's okay. lots of little um, nuggets like that in the OWASP recommendations. I wish they were a little easier to read through. Um, <laughs> it, like it's just, it looks like Wikipedia, the site, and it's just hard, at least for me, it's hard to focus and read through it all. I need, I need more white space or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help if it's cluttered and it's, you know, mentally taxing. So. Yeah. Okay. So next up, we have a blog post by Adam Cameron. And so this one was talking about CF query with single quote escaping. And so 
basically he was messing around with building a dynamic SQL string inside of a CF query. And, you know, he says, don't do it. Um, <laughs> um, and basically long story short about it all is, um, this kind of code here is in CF wheels, but basically there's a couple of tricks to working with uh, single quotes and by default, ColdFusion tries to escape them, even if you're using them. And like, there's a lot of databases that, actually require to use single quotes, right, Eric? You being the, the database guy. Yeah, so, I mean, like putting values in with like an insert statement, if you're not using a parameter, would be a single quote. Yep, exactly. And so I guess there's some trick that you have to have preserved single quotes inside your CF query, otherwise it'll be messing it up. Um, and basically there's, you know, CF query, uh, query execute can do it differently and you can have the parameters, you know, broken out and whatnot. But the funny thing was he walked through it all and found a weird case where uh, basically if you wrapped if you wrapped in your SQL statement with a return like with a, a function call that just returns the argument you passed into it, in other words, do nothing to it except for pass it through a, a different function, it will basically stop ColdFusion from escaping the single quotes. And so he had all these, you know, these recommendations or whatever. And the funny thing is, it does the same thing in ColdFusion and Lucy. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so basically single quotes, kind of weird. Um, and so what I took from this is, this is why we should use things like Query Builder or QB, because it'll handle building <laughs> this, the query string and uh, handle your escaping parameters and all that stuff all by itself. So you don't have to worry about silly things like single quotes and <laughs> and how to get them to work. So, but anyway, I thought That's it was right. interesting, uh, weird, but interesting, and something I never mess with because most of the database I use, I use double quotes and not a problem and query params. So, anyway, so yeah, fun inside baseball fact: uh, yeah. QB gets around this using his uh, second thing. Uh, since there's a function, not that returns the exact same argument, but that builds up the query, mm -hmm. um, because there is no preserved single quotes in the QB code base, and it works fine with single quoted values. So just kind of a funny inside baseball thing. Yep. And that, yeah, that's the interesting thing, too. I was like, because there are, you know, preserved single quote functions that you can pass stuff into, but he did an empty one and it did the same thing. It's really weird. <laughs> okay. So now we get to the Ben's previous blog post, which talks about uh, <laughs> the password stuff. And so he was talking to Adam Tuttle about what, you know, so what's the cool or the modern way of uh, what hashing algorithms we use, et cetera. Because Bcrypt we've been using for quite a long time and it's always sort of been the industry standard. But um, so he was trying to look at that and, um, he did mention that password storage cheat sheet from OWASP here. And basically what they say is Argon2ID is actually the most preferred or the most recommended option. So I hadn't even heard of that one. Is that something you've used before, Eric? Uh, no, I haven't used that. So, yeah. So they basically say use Argon2ID and it has a you know, configuration, iterations, and parallelism <laughs> options. And then if not, use Bcrypt. And then from there, for legacy systems, you may want to use Escrypt. But the one thing I do like about this is it spells out all the work factors and everything else too. So the, the password store cheat sheet sounds like a pretty good document. And so, um, yeah, so looking at this, he sort of walked walk through this process and was uh, using an open source Java library called Password4j. And so, you know, looked at the way that worked. And of course, knowing Ben, what did he do? He built his own, right? <laughs> so he basically just taps into the underlying Java uh, himself and built his own little password CFC library. So if you walk through this blog post, you, know, you can get sort of an inside look at, you know, how to build up your own little password tool. I know we have Bcrypt on Forgebox and everything. We don't have the, we don't have anything for Argon from what I could see or the password for J. We don't have a wrapper for that in Forgebox yet, but I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. So, but yeah, he just basically just loads all the lib files uh, right there. And so you can find all those there. But he basically just pulls the password for J lib files in and uses them himself. So that way he has a little more control over the, the UI and stuff. But 
it was kind of interesting. They had a nice little chainable, um, uh, you know, chainable setup and everything. So it looked pretty fluent. Yeah. I thought it was interesting um, how he found in the case of S-Script between Adobe's built-in implementation and the password for J library, he had to do some uh, manipulation of the hashes. I thought that, that was interesting oh. and, and sad. You would have hoped that you're following a some sort of standard and wouldn't need to do that. But that wasn't the case for uh, Bcrypt. So... I, don't know. I guess it made me. I think I came to the same conclusion, which is, hey, we're using Bcrypt and it's still doing pretty good. So, <laughs> make sure we have the right settings on our version and our work factor and all that. And and thumbs up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it's a really long blog post with lots of code examples and walkthrough. So as usual, being super thorough. So if you're missing with passwords or want to reevaluate your current situation, uh, it's a good one to to read through. But yeah, the OWASP stuff is great. You definitely want to, you know, stick to that as Pete will tell you over and over again. And remember Pete Freitag is talking about securing cold fusion applications at the WDF week. So don't miss it. He'll scare the pants off you, but make you more secure at the same time. <laughs> okay. uh, well, next up we have a blog post from Nolan Irk about his object oriented programming series that is on CFCasts kind of a, a little overview about it, about what's in the videos, um, talking about how it will help you in all of the languages that you program in. Well, all the object-oriented languages <laughs> that you may program in. And uh, it's like a, a nice little overview of the course that he has. Yeah, it's good to see from the, you know, the presenter. Um, and so, and of course, if you know Nolan, as he says, lots of pop culture references and stuff like that, and talks about books and movies. So the series is no different from what you'd get in any other training he's done. So, but yeah, it's a it's a good little read through to see what you can expect from it. So, good blog post. Okay, so the next two are Ben Adele. And they're talking about something which I haven't dealt with yet, but I can see this being very important for those using new systems. And so the I'll do them in order this time since they're right next to each other. So um, using the X Amazon Trace ID header for request, request tracing through Amazon load balances. So basically, whenever you do anything with a load balancer and you're doing something with Amazon and there's 50 layers of everything, tracing that those requests is going to get pretty tricky pretty fast and so this uh x amazon trace id header allows you to sort of um, work with that and so he talks about the different pieces of the http headers and then you know basically how you can add your own information into the header so it'll basically extend what you have and add some different pieces but what that allows you to do is sort of trying to figure out what's going on in a request because they had users that were getting logged out and they didn't know why they couldn't figure out where so yeah that's a that's a pretty interesting one and like i said there's something i know we've dealt with a little bit of cloudflare because cloudflare you know gets in between some things but um yeah it's one of those things i think more and more people are going to need to know you know looking at the way everything's built out with docker and everything else like figuring out okay that hit my load balancer, then it went to this instance, and then on this instance, there's three nodes, and it went to this Docker node. You know, like this type of stuff is uh, going to become more and more valuable as we move forward. So, they're using Amazon, uh, you know, AWS. This is a, a good starting point. And then the next blog post he had was following up on that, and that's basically including those tracing headers and nginx. Uh, access logs so you can actually using the custom formatting you can actually have that in your log so when you're looking at your logs now it has the header information in there so i mean again really informative uh and sort of walks through how to do all that again if you're not using amazon maybe this isn't you know directly applicable to you but i'm sure whatever provider you have may have you know similar similar techniques and in issues because uh, yeah, we definitely have some fun trying to chase things down. So, anyway, not too much more to say to that. I mean, if it's relevant, I'm sure you can jump in and get a lot of value out of it. So, 
Next up, we have a tweet from Brad. And this is a new feature. Did you see this one going across the Twitter? Yeah, so this is for the command box fusion reactor module. And it's a way, by default, it has always set its host to the same one for the command box server. But now you can set a different host. Um, for instance, if you wanted your command box server to be behind a proxy, but you want to directly access the fusion reactor instance, you can now set those to be different hosts. So for most of you, probably won't need to change anything, but for the few of you that need it, there you go. Yep, and of course he's already documented that, which is great. I'm not sure if they, if it had a new module release version or or not, but anyway, I thought that was interesting for anyone using I, that module. I will check for you. <laughs> yep. Okay, so a little light on the blog post, but uh, thanks to Ben, we had some good content for you. Uh, <laughs> But next up, uh, let's check out our job opportunities. So, looks like we have zero jobs listed new this week on getcfmiljobs.com, but there are over 132, I believe. Well, there is 132 according to the site. Um, so, if you see here, there was three on May 21st, a couple on May 20th, and then a few earlier in the month. So, still lots of good job opportunities there. But Audis is also looking too, right, Eric? That's right. We have a position for a senior developer right now. You can check it out at Audis Solutions slash about us, uh, about dash us slash careers. Yep. So, um, yeah, we'd love to have you come work with us. We're pretty cool people, we think. Most of the time. Um, <laughs> the only musts in here is you must have some availability uh with U.S. time zones and a U.S. citizen or resident or work visa. Yep, and we have you know some requirements from our customers, so that is the the reason we have that. But a lot of different options here. But uh, drop us an email info at autosolutions.com to, to the job posting, and uh, yeah, we'll start that process. So be cool to have some more people on our team. We had a. A few additions recently, and we're uh, yeah looking for some more. So it's good to grow the team a little more. Okay, so next up, our ForgeBox module of the week. This one's all on you. Yeah, uh, we're gonna talk about QB again because we had a QB release. Eight point five was released. It's been a while in the making. Um, in fact, uh, over on the Box Slack, there was a thread that um, John Wilson kept asking me about um, a certain feature, a bug I had fixed. And I'm like, oh, here's the GitHub branch. And for the next two months, he asked me if I'd released it yet. Finally released, John, finally released. Um, so I want to just go over a few of the new features in it. Uh, we have some locking helpers. So if you've ever used um, no lock or shared locks, lock for updates in any of your SQL statements, you can now do that easily and cross-platform with QB. Um, there's some weirdness with uh, scale uh, that would be fun for if you want to go read up on it with Adobe Cold Fusion and SQL Server, where if you don't pass in a scale, it assumes zero, even if you tell it a decimal and give it a decimal value. So now QB looks at your value and gives you a scale. Um, so yeah, we have some neat things like that in there, a where not like method and some other bug fixes. And on the schema, schema builder side, so that's where we create and alter tables, we now have support for computed columns, either stored or virtual. You can go read about those and read about the differences, why you'd use one or the other in schema builder. Very cool. I like that. Yeah, that, that scale thing was definitely going to bite somebody at some point, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's kind of nice. I guess it shows you where we're at, where um, many of the bugs that come through now are database-specific. And this one wasn't only database-specific, but also engine-specific. right? Hmm. You needed to use SQL Server, and you needed to use Adobe Cold Fusion. But you know what? It's nice to be able to provide a... a, a automatic workaround for that yeah because um, yeah it did not work like that on anything else you might think that i'm setting the sql type to decimal i'm giving it 
you know, a, a money value or something like that? Why is it <laughs> truncating? So, it, yeah, you don't have to worry about that here now. Yep, uh, it's definitely good. Yeah, and that's why I like QB so much, is because you know it does handle a lot of those abstractions from the database and just makes things a lot easier. You know, uh, I like the way you can definitely flow with things. And if you go to the quick webinar, this I'm sure you'll see some of the the benefits of QB flowing through that too, just because right. they work so well together. So. We did have an another uh, fun edge case if any of you remember hearing about the postgres grammar and jdbc driver all that fun stuff that i i went through like yeah, a month ago um we found that one with oracle so kind of the same thing um there is a bulk insert syntax for all of these different grammars and qb kind of has until 8.5 cheated and just always used the bulk insert whether you were inserting one row or multiple rows. But it turns out if you, in Lucy, ask for a result, it's that result variable again, the bulk insert syntax does not work. So hmm. something there in the Oracle JDBC driver does not like Lucy asking for auto-generated keys with the bulk insert syntax. So we, instead of me diving into, I can't dive into Oracle's JDBC. It is <laughs> proprietary. They yeah. don't let me. So we've adjusted it so we will not use the bulk insert syntax when we don't have to in the Oracle grammar. So oh, good to know. Just another lovely thing with that result. And Lucy, I still have that ticket open talking about how we need to do something about this. So <laughs> please, I'm, I'm willing to work on it. Just tell me what we can do. <laughs> Yep, for sure. I see John in the chat saying the quick training was great for anyone who hasn't taken it yet, too. So talking about QB and quick. So very cool. So, yeah, 8.5. Uh, it's definitely improving. I'm sorry I missed if I missed the release on that one last week uh, on the show notes. So sorry. About no, that, I think but... it came out last Thursday. So no oh. worries. Okay. And then I just missed it this week. So anyways, <laughs> but we're spotlighted it. So, uh, yeah. And again, with QB, you don't have to worry about the preserving single quotes cause it'll do all that stuff for you. So, okay. Next up, we have our VS code hint tip and trick of the week. And so this one here, uh, is a cool little tool and I've got one installed like this. I'm not sure if it's this one or a different one, but I definitely like it. Um, highlight bad cars or chars. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically this will help you highlight all those nasty no break spaces and the Greek question mark. I don't even know what that one is. Is that the, the, it looks diamond? like a semicolon. Oh, it does. <laughs> I thought yeah. maybe they just, it didn't show up on the <laughs> thing here because of it, but so that's actually a question mark, not a semicolon. Oh it's gosh. a Greek question mark, evidently, according to this uh, package. <laughs> Interesting. So apparently, yeah, this will help you find all those invisible and easy to confuse characters. I want, does it work on those weird quotes, too? Because those ones always bug me, too. Like the pretty quotes? The pretty quotes, yeah. Uh, I I'm, don't know if it is out of the box, but they have a way that you can add in additional... Uh, Unicode characters that you don't want to be seen. Oh, so. yeah. There's the settings right there for those watching. Very cool. So you can add in the ones you don't like. But yeah, that, that hits me too when you're like, you're copying from a website and for some reason their, their CMS or whatever settings change them to be those pretty quotes. But now your editor just has that Unicode pretty quote instead of a normal double quote or single quote. And Yep. It's all messing up stuff. So yeah. <laughs> very, very, very painful. <laughs> but yeah. So that's that's a cool little essential. I said I know I had one for uh line breaks before and everything, and I've had some for I thought I had non breaking spaces, but I might have to try this one and figure out whichever one I had working before. I get so many extensions, you know, it's kind of a mission to control them all. <laughs> Go through the list every once in a while and figure out what you're still using, what you still like. But very cool. So that's LVS code. Hidden tip and trick of the week. And next up, we have our Patreon supporters. So as we mentioned earlier, um, our Patreon supporters that make this podcast possible. Without them, um, it would not be possible. 
patreon.com slash order solutions is how you can support us on Patreon. And then all Patreon supporters have a profile badge on the Audis community website. All Patreon supporters have their own private forum access on the community website as well. But if you're a bronze package uh, supporter or higher, you'll now get a Forgebox Pro and a CFCast subscription as a perk for being a Patreon supporter. So those are pretty cool. And uh, we added that because we wanted to give you a reason to go a little higher on the Patreon package thing. But also several people were Patreon supporters and they're CFCast and Forgebox Pro. And so we try to make it easier for you just to, you know, basically support us in one place and then we got nice little stats to show everybody too for how much support we're getting so we really appreciate each and every one of you so and since you've missed the last few weeks you get to read the names that's right <laughs> let's do this thank you to don bellamy eric hoffman david bellinger gary knight Giancarlo gomez jonathan perrette mario rodriguez jeffrey mcgee of sunstar media john wilson with synaptrix Yogesh Mathur, Joseph Lamery, Ben Nadal, Brett DeLine, Carl Von Stetten, Charlie Earhart, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, Didier Lesnicki, Edgardo Cabezas, Jan Yannick, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Jeremy Adams, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Kai Koenig, Laxma Titrahadi, Leon Saramelis, Matthew Darby, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Patrick Flynn, Ross Phillips, Scott Steinbeck, Stephanie Monge, Stephen Klotz, and Will DeBruyne. Thank you all for supporting us on Patreon and here at Order Solutions. Yep, we definitely appreciate you. And thanks for everyone in the chat there. A good little conversation going today, as always. And I uh, hope everyone has a, a good week. And we'll see you all next week, everybody. See you later. Bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.